If you will, please turn your Bibles to Psalm 119. We are continuing in our summer sermon series on uh, this passage. And I believe the passage can be found on page 514. We're looking at the 14th stanza, beginning in, Psalm, beginning in verse 105. Verses 105 through 112, this is the 14th stanza, and the first verse there is the song which was just sung. It's good to be back in this, this psalm, this very rich psalm that points us to the Word of God. Uh, for the rest of August, we'll be finishing up our summer sermon series in Psalm 119, and then moving into the fall, we'll begin a new sermon series in what I'm calling the greatest chapter in the Bible, Romans chapter 8. So looking forward to this study of God's Word with you throughout the coming year. Psalm 119, starting in 105, this is God's holy word to us this morning. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I have sworn an oath and confirmed it to keep your righteous rules. I am severely afflicted. Give me life, O Lord, according to your word. Accept my free will offerings of praise, O Lord, and teach me your rules. I hold my life in my hand continually, but I do not forget your law. The wicked have laid a snare for me. But I do not stray from your precepts. Your testimonies are my heritage forever, for they are the joy of my heart. I incline my heart to perform your statutes forever to the end. Amen. This is God's word. Let's pray and ask his blessings on it. Father, we thank you for your word, your word, which is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Lord, we pray now that you would give us more light, that you would illuminate our minds and our hearts, and that we would see the truths that is here in your holy word. We pray in Christ's name, amen. One of the blessings that we had, uh, one of the blessed opportunities that we had on our way out to Washington State on the Yakima mission trip was to go visit Mount Rainier, uh, in Washington State, on our way to the reservation, Mount Rainier is the tallest, uh, po- one of the tallest points on the western uh, part of our country, uh, tallest point in Washington State, and we got to visit Paradise Park there, one of the national parks. It is a beautiful, majestic uh, place to go and to visit. Uh, as we were making our way up the trail, we encountered snow. So what do Southerners do when they see snow? Uh, we could not resist. We went and grabbed some, and I'm pretty sure I got pegged first. But at some point on that trail, we saw the snow, and we got off the trail. Never mind the signs we kept seeing, stay on the trail. The snow was too enticing. A volunteer came along, and we got a good lecture <laughs> about staying on the trail. It was provided many good sermon illustrations <laughs> along the way. As this guide was trying to do their best to encourage us and help us 
stay on the trail so we don't damage the natural uh, wildlife and, and flora and fauna that's growing that time of year and only certain times of year. Staying on the trail is very important. And is this not the perfect description of what we must aspire to in the Christian life? The Bible often describes the Christian life as a, as a walk. We're on a journey There is a path before us. We're on a a trail. And our calling is to walk faithfully, to walk humbly, to walk to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ as we walk along this trail in life. We're called to stay on the trail. If you get off the trail, there's danger. There may be troubling waiting for you. There is darkness off the trail. The trail, the path that is set before us, shows us the way that we should go. And So on this path, we need light. We need light in order to see the trail, to know where we are going. And the Bible's self-attestation this morning, what it is proclaiming to us is that the Bible, the Word of God, is that light. This is one of the most fundamental metaphors that we can all understand, that we can all easily grasp, that the the Word of God is a a light. It's a a lamp. It's a a flashlight. And the Bible is described this way because it's our our guide. It is the way in which we, we see in this simple yet illustrative way to help us understand what the Bible is as a light. This This helps us. The Word of God is is a light. It helps us to see. And so what is this path? What is this this trail? And and how do we stay on it? Uh, Interestingly, the very thing that we are saying must be our light and our guide on this path is also the path. We want to stay on the path, which is God's Word, and God's Word helps us to do that. And so that's why the the law, the the prophets, the apostles, the entirety of Scripture, all of God's Word is the path by which we must walk. And it must also be the light that guides us on this path. It is the Word of God that is the very words of life to help us follow the Lord Jesus and to walk with Him. And this morning, I want you to consider the practicality of the Bible, how the Scriptures are very practical in the Christian life. The question the world is asking, and the question that many even Christians ask on a regular basis is, is the Bible practical? Can it help me with my day-to-day life? I mean, do I really need to be reading it? it, Is it really going to help me? These are great questions and one we must explore because you'll hear many other statements that are, in a sense, in the negative. Some will say, I don't read the Bible because it's not very practical. It doesn't really help me with my day-to-day living. Or you may hear the Bible is hard to understand and it's really long and I don't really like to read anyway. Or, have you heard this one before? I don't have time to read. I I, I don't have time. Or have you heard this? You know, 
You don't have to read the Bible to be a Christian. Or the Bible is full of errors and contradictions, so we shouldn't take it so seriously. All these are just a sampling of some of the negative statements that we, that we hear in regards to why some don't read the Bible, why some don't see it as practical. The problem with all of these negative uh, attitudes and approaches towards the Bible is not that they're necessarily wrong that people don't actually feel this way about these things, but that the approach is all wrong. The way people approach the Scriptures And the psalmist wants us to to change our approach and help us to rethink the importance of God's Word in our lives. The psalmist wants us to see the Bible's not just a set of rules, although it does contain rules. The Bible's not fantasy. It's not just made up to inspire us. The Bible is not just some heavy homework assignment that's just slapped down in front of you and you just got to drudge it out, you know, to finish so the teacher will give you a good grade. Psalmist says, no, the Bible is a, is a lamp. The Bible is a light. Perhaps you've made these negative statements before and you've been a naysayer about the scriptures yourself. And I want you to, to, to challenge yourself to think about this morning. The problem is your approach, our approach to the Word of God. Do you see the Bible as, as light to help you see? The Christian life is going to be very difficult. The Christian life may even seem boring to you. The Christian life may even be dark to you without the light of God's Word. Dare I say, dare I say this morning that you can't live the Christian life without the light of God's Word lighting your way. So let's change our approach this morning. Let's start thinking of the Bible as more than just a a book, a rule book, but as life-giving light to help us along the way, to, to, to light our path, to show us the way that we should go in life. Life is a journey, and let's don't go without our flashlight the scriptures. And so this morning, I want us to consider this truth as we work our way through this 14th stanza here in Psalm 119. The truth is this, blessed are those who walk by the light of God's word. Blessed are those who walk by the light of God's word. When this is done, when you walk by the light of God's word, there many benefits that will follow, and so I want us to look at least seven of them. So please keep your scriptures open or find your Bible there in front of you, and let's just walk through this this stanza here. The first benefit, walking in the light of God's Word will help us keep the Word. Look in verse 106. I have sworn an oath and confirmed it to keep your righteous rules. The light of God's word moved the psalmist to promise and to covenant that he will keep the word of God, that no matter what, he will not deny its truth and its importance in his life. And only those who crave the light know that they can't live without the light. Do you have this type of resolve here that the psalmist is speaking of? 
Will you promise and covenant to keep God's word no matter what comes your way? And it's only the light of God's word that can help us. It's, it's only this lamp that can help us and give us the resolve to make such promises. Calvin, John Calvin said this, he says, whenever the faithful vow to him, they do not look to what they are able to do of themselves, but they depend on the grace of God to whom it belongs to perform what he requires from them in the way of supplying them with strength by his Holy Spirit. We see a deep resolve here by the psalmist. And what Calvin was instructing us here is that the Holy Spirit that gives us this resolve to promise and to covenant, to crave God's word, we need it. And God's word helps us to keep it. That's the first blessing for those who walk in the light of God's word. The second here, walking in the light of God's word will help us persevere in affliction. Look in verse 107. I am severely afflicted. Give me life, O Lord, according to your word. If there's one universal truth that almost everyone can agree upon, it is that affliction and trouble and hardship has come or will come to every person who has ever lived. It will come in some way. This affliction may come in the form of of loss, of death, of pain, of stress, in any number of ways that we could mention. And in these times of affliction, we, we know that we're faced with a choice. When these times of trouble come, we could either become angry and discouraged and depressed, or we can trust God and cry out to Him for help and say, Lord, it was good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. That was a truth that we learned back in verse 71. Psalmist here says, he is severely afflicted. We don't know exactly the situation the psalmist must have been going through because we don't have necessarily the context, but he testifies that he is severely afflicted. Whatever he was going through, it was very tough. It was very challenging. And this affliction must have been so bad and so troublesome that he wanted to die. And so he cries out, Give me life, O Lord, according to your word. His affliction brought him down into such darkness where his spirit was broken and his will to live was no longer there. And he knew that his only hope, his only hope was the light of God's word to shine in his darkness and to give him life. Are you in a dark place right now in life? Do you feel afflicted? Do you feel burdened, worried, and stressed? You too can cry out to God this simple prayer, this simple plea. Give me life, O Lord, according to your word. O Lord, please shine your light into my darkness and give me hope. You can do that. Just that simple phrase, Lord, give me life. Shine your light into my darkness. 
that is what drove the psalmist. That is where the psalmist went in his affliction. The third blessing here, walking in the light of God's word will help us to praise the Lord. Look in verse 108. Accept my free will offerings of praise, O Lord, and teach me your rules. The light of the word causes us to want to praise God at all times. We know this is our number one calling and purpose in life is to glorify God, to praise him. But how can we be motivated to do this when we don't feel like it, when we're unmotivated? It's only the blessings and the good things that God brings us in life. It's not only these blessings that God brings us in life that we should praise Him, but also the testimonies, also what we read and what we learn and what we hear in His Word, the teachings, the rules, calls us to respond to God and praise Him for who He is and what He's done. And so the psalmist here offers a a free will offering of praise. A free will offering of praise is one that is offered freely, not under compulsion because of in response to something that God did for him, but in response to what he learned about God, it led him to praise. So in other words, just reading God's word and walking in the light of God's word, it will help us. It will give us words to praise the Lord for who he is and what he has done and And not just in response to someone pushing us, not in response to someone giving us a guilt trip, not in response to just some material blessing for what God has given us, but in everything, we praise the Lord and the light of his word helps us with that. The fourth thing here, walking in the light of God's word will help us to remember the word. Verse 109, I hold my life in my hand continually, but I do not forget your law. And the psalmist says, I hold my life in my hand continually. This is a, a Hebrew idiom or a kind of a saying, which is another way of saying, I am taking my life in my own hands, is what the psalmist is saying. So perhaps the psalmist here was in some danger. And his, his life was literally at risk for believing the things that he believed and for worshiping publicly the way that he was worshiping. So he knew that it was a, it was a risk to be a follower of God. Yet it was his heart's desire, his determination to remember the word and not forget it, no matter what, no matter what risk there might be. We've already spoken many times in this series how the psalmist in this psalm reminds us over and over and over the importance of remembering. And we need to remember the promises of God and the good things of God because we are a forgetful people. But what about a determination to remember, a resolve to remember that is so great that it might cost you something? I've been reading a book here lately called The Insanity of God. Kind of a weird title, but it, it's, it's, a very, it's a very challenging book about a missionary and his journeys across the globe. The surname of this author is Nick Ripkin. He's not using his real name because when you read the stories, you go, yeah, you shouldn't use your real name. <laughs> and he writes about a man that he met on one of his journeys named Dimitri. 
Dimitri was in prison and persecuted for his faith during the former reign of the USSR. Uh, during, those of us who were alive during the Cold War, we know very well what was going on at that time. During his torture and imprisonment for his faith, for being a pastor and evangelist, uh, there were two disciplines that he employed daily to stay alive. One thing he would do every morning when he would rose is he would sing what he called his heart song, this praise to God in the prison there where everyone could hear it. But another thing that he would do, another discipline that he employed to, to stay alive and to give him motivation and strength, was to find any scraps of paper that he could laying around that he came across there and in prison. He would find a broken or stubbed pencil or a tiny little piece of charcoal, and he would write out every single scripture verse, hymn, Bible story that he could think of, all from memory. Anything that came to his mind, he would write it out. If he was caught with these things, if he, if he was caught with a Bible, he would have been killed. But if he was caught with just these little scraps of paper, he would be tortured and beaten. He did this in prison knowingly that he was taking his life in his hands. But he did not want to forget. He did this even though he knew the prison guards would try to break his spirit and torture him nearly to death. He knew that he was literally taking his life in his hands, but he did not want to forget the life-giving law of God because it was his life in the dark prison. May our resolve be like Demetri's to not forget the light of God's word shining in even the darkest places of our lives. A fifth blessing Walking in the light of God's word will help us stay and not stray. Look there in verse 10. The wicked have laid a snare for me, but I do not forget your precepts. I do not stray from your precepts. If there's one thing that I've learned in life, because I have walked with Christ for over two decades now, is that the word of God, if the word of God, is not lighting my path and determining my next steps, that there is temptation and evil waiting on me. The world, the flesh, and the devil are lurking to ensnare us to sin, and to trap us, and to lead us off the path. And Perhaps you have felt this way at times too, that you have been ensnared by some sin in your life. And this has led you to being irritable, led you to being apathetic, or angry, or mean, we often show this hateful, sinful spirit with those that we love the most, with those who are closest to us, our family members, our friends, our co-workers. But perhaps these sinful reactions to our neighbors have been caused because we've gotten away from the light of God's word. And before you know it, we're ensnared and we've strayed off the path and we failed to follow the commandment to love God and love others. And so what can we do? How can we avoid these snares and straying off the path? Brothers and sisters, I think what we have to do is keep the light of God's word before us. 
in any way possible. We must be like the blessed man of Psalm 1 who meditates on the word of God day and night in some small way, asking the Lord, please determine my steps as I go about this day. Please guide me on my path as I even go to sleep. And I know I can testify before you this morning that I am not the the man, I'm not the husband, I'm not the father, I'm not the pastor or friend that I want to be when there's not a steady diet of the light of God's word in my life. I am worthless. We all need it. It's the word of God that directs us on our way and keeps us from being ensnared. As Matthew Henry said, a dark place indeed is the world without the light of God's word. Sixth, walking in the light of God's word will help us increase our joy. Look in verse 111. Your testimonies are my heritage forever, for they are the joy of my heart. Joy. What a great word to describe the Christian life. What a great word that we all long for in our Christian life, that we would have joy. But what will bring about this joy, this feeling of happiness and of radical pleasure? The psalmist says it's the testimonies of God. It's the great stories that bring joy to his heart. We must remember that these things that we hold most dear in this world, the things that are most precious to us, they'll be radically changed and different in the next life. And that's why we must get ourselves ready for the next life, for the, for the realm eternal, for heaven itself. Because the things that will bring us joy, uh, not only now, but for all eternity, the life-giving words of God. These are our heritage. These are the stories we will also tell in heaven. This is why Isaiah proclaimed that the grass withers, the flowers will fade, but the word of God, the testimonies of God will last forever. This will bring joy. The last blessing Walking in the light of God's word, verse 112, will give us an inclination toward the things of God. An inclination toward the things of God. The psalmist says, I incline my heart to perform your statutes forever to the end. The light of God's word will move our hearts in such a way that when our natural inclination is to run away from God, to hide, to be ashamed, and to go in a sinful direction. We pray that God will change our hearts and that he will give us a heart to perform our duties for him, the king. And so for this, we need light. We need the light of God's word to illuminate our hearts and our minds, to incline us toward the things of God and to turn away from sin and darkness and selfishness. And so may this be our prayer. Lord, incline my heart to you and your word. Or in the words of King David, create in me a clean heart and renew the steadfast spirit within me. I don't know about you, but when I read these words of the psalmist, I'm envious. I I, want to be like this. 
I would love to have this determination and this resolve every day in my life to live a godly life by the light of God's word. But we need to go even a step further here because there is one who is even more admirable in his resolve, in his determination, in his steadfastness to keep God's word and to walk in its light. And that is our Lord Jesus. Our Lord Jesus modeled perfectly what it meant to walk in the light of God's word. You may recall that episode in Matthew chapter 4 where Jesus was off into the wilderness and being tempted by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights. And Satan came to tempt him in the desert. And what was he doing? What was Satan doing? He was twisting the meaning of the scripture to try to get Jesus to follow him and to do his will instead of God the Father's will. And in this scene, Jesus powerfully states to Satan, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus here was walking by the light of God's word. We often talk about the perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ being given to us by his death on the cross, and that is absolutely and fundamentally true, but we need to know there's another way in which the perfect righteousness of Christ was credited to us, and that was by his perfect life, his perfect obedience to the word of God on our behalf. And our Savior's perfect obedience and his determination to follow and obey the word of God, even to the point of death, having his eyes fixed upon the cross, that too can motivate us, and should motivate us, and incline our hearts to perform the statutes of God and to walk as Jesus did. With all these benefits, all of these many blessings that we've talked about in this stanza, show us what walking in the light of God's word is all about. Our Lord Jesus here is showing us how to walk in the light. And so may God help us to walk in the light as he is in the light. Let's pray. Oh Lord our God, what we need is more light. We know that Sin and temptation and darkness, wandering off the path and being ensnared by the devil and his schemes, it's all there before us. We thank you that you did not leave us alone. You've given us your spirit to take the words and the truths here in your word and apply them to our hearts and to our minds and to help us walk in this life. And so, Lord, may we not just Sing it, may we believe it, that your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path and help us to walk by it as our Lord Jesus showed us. For it is his, in his name that we pray, amen.